following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming out, and thank you for being part of the conference over the weekend. It can seem a little bit like a marathon going in and out of meetings, and I understand that from your perspective. I've organized or been part of the organization of um, conferences back in Glasgow, but it's good. I just came back about a month ago from my denominations, an annual conference in Harrogate in Yorkshire, and it was in and out, in and out, all day long. But I came home feeling something had changed in me. And I believe that's why the Lord blesses us with times like this, that it's more than just information, but it's about revelation and our first awareness of how the Lord is working is just simply a sense of change, a sense of change with no language. That is usually the, an indicator God is at work because the substance of faith doesn't bring with it the language of faith. We have to mine for that. We have to dig it up and work it out. Of course, the scriptures are involved in every stage of our journey, and we are so grateful for that. But as we continue with a theme for this weekend, Progressively Prophetic, we're going in a slightly different direction tonight. We've already uh, broken up some ground. We have broken up some ground, even uh, on our Thursday night uh, gathering as pastors and leaders. We looked at inviting the presence of God every day. That's a great way to progress prophetically. But it's not really about my personal growth and your personal growth. Although it includes that, it's about moving into what the Lord is doing in the church and doing upon the face of the earth. Last night we indeed heard the Holy Spirit's invitation for participation in the body of Christ. That I set the parameters nice and wide so everybody could identify a place they would surely fit. We are all prophetic people because we are born again in the Holy Spirit. And this morning, we grappled somewhat with what New Testament prophets and the Holy Spirit gift of prophecy would look like as we progress forward prophetically. Tonight, as we seek further direction from the Lord, well, I believe we're getting down to the nitty gritty now. To grow prophetically is all about you and I in the hand of God and being created into a new wineskin. That's when we know we're getting there. We've all coming out of a season, a lengthy season, 
of moving in charismatic truths. But in the early part of the new millennium, well, that wineskin we were all part of in the 20th century and 21st century began to dry up. I've studied this somewhat obsessively, more in the UK than the US, but more confident than ever that the Azusa Street outpouring that ran from 1906 was destined to end in 2006. Not that the Holy Spirit left the church, but the movement that brought the truth and power of the Holy Spirit and so much more to local church ended. It's like ever since then we've transitioned. I, I'm so grateful for the charismatic movement. It really brought great life to me from the get-go as a young Christian. As soon as I got churched, I had such a leaning towards anything that highlighted the supernatural. I was so drawn to anything Pentecostal. I'm grateful to God for great men and women of faith that have taught me the word over many years. But more and more I've come to recognize that's old wineskin. And I found that so much of the old wineskin that's still within me is somewhat dry, even hard. That's why the work of grace is so important between one move of God and another move of God. The transition in the middle gets out of us what's no longer relevant and begins to work in millions of people simultaneously that there would be the creation of a new wineskin. I know this is a church that follows the cloud by day and the fire by night. I know that. I have so much of living water's DNA in me. So a great foundational prayer for you and I in this journey because something not so good that came into the charismatic movement was self-effort. It was all self-effort at times, infiltrated by self, because many of us were young Christians and living at times in a religious sense of self. You weren't, I was. It was all in the mix, and it was all good. But this time around, we're leaning heavily into being a kingdom people, running exclusively in a kingdom agenda. I believe the Lord's Prayer is so foundational to building a kingdom mentality in you and I. Indeed, I'm going to read the Lord's Prayer, not religiously, but prophetically. And as you hear this, put yourself in the prayer, put your fellowship in the prayer, and become utterly dependent to the Lord in this process. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day 
our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's the new wineskin in a nutshell. That's exactly what the Lord is going to do in each and every one of us. We're being recalibrated right now as a prophetic people. And let me emphasize, it's not so we can prophesy better or even bring God's final set and sequence of purposes and plans to the world. Much of what's going on at the moment in the release of this new kingdom DNA is that we may relate to the Lord more accurately and relate to one another better. When we are relating to the Lord wonderfully well, we only see good in one another, potential and opportunities to advance. You can always tell if someone's not doing well in the Lord, if in their comments to you, there's a cutting tone starts to come in, a little cut. We've all been there at different stages in our journey, but as a people right now in the process of being recalibrated, it would narrow down to a fresh expression of kingdom mentality. An old, an old phrase, kingdom mentality. New kingdom mentality. That we will be instruments that bring the kingdom of God to others. Romans 14, verse 17. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Some things never change. This is eternal truth, but in the context of a new wineskin, in the context of being on the cusp of the greatest outpouring the world has ever seen. Last night I highlighted the fact, if I'm reading church history accurately, since 1512, we've been through two massive reformations. We're on the cusp of the final reformation. With all of that in mind, we will go forward living in righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is a church that has welcomed and embraced the fivefold ministry over my 24 years. Do you realize we've been together 24 years? It's been a long time. Some of you weren't even born when I came here for the first time. But from the get-go, and I was a young prophet learning my trade, I realized how important the role of the fivefold ministry was. Uh, an apostolic ministry I was part of then, Lifelinks International, labored the fivefold ministry. I got that DNA. The fivefold ministry is now alive in the body of Christ. The apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. 
Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12, emphasizes that those five gifts of Jesus Christ are for the building up of the body of Christ. And a lot more if you read, read further into that chapter. But right now there's an intensified training going on. An intensified training to the saints. I believe there's a lack of apostles, prophets, and evangelists. We've put far too big a burden on our pastors and our teachers, expecting them to be apostolic, prophetic, and evangelistic. And sometimes the best pastors and teachers can wax a little apostolic, prophetic, and evangelistic. But for you and I as watchmen, let's pray and agree together that God will raise up a multitude of apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists for such a time as this. As we move into this new season, as we become more progressively prophetic, as the old is passing away, our prophetic perception is changing dramatically. Sometimes it's like we're being all shaken up in our prophetic graces. Here's the good news. Here is the good news. As the Lord raises up prophets, and expands us as a prophetic company. Our calling in the final reformation is to move in the spirit of Elijah. It's a corporate word. It's for you and I. Why will we be doing this? We're preparing the way for Christ's coming. Like John the Baptist like John the Baptist, forget his dress code. It left a lot to be desired. He should have a word with a dietician too. I can't imagine the condition his teeth were in. Goodness. Eating wild locusts. If I were his pastor and John was a bachelor, I would have said, John, eating wild locusts will never make you attractive to women. But taking all that aside, perhaps he just needed some attention. But taking that all aside, look at the template of the ministry of John the Baptist. Don't try and replicate it, but look at the principles of a single man who is called to pr proclaim, proclaim the arrival of the forthcoming Messiah, preparing the way for Christ. If you're feeling radical this weekend, please be radical. Please, I beg of thee, be radical. Take the principles of John the Baptist's message and say, Holy Spirit, help me to truly begin to move in the spirit of Elijah. Help me to truly understand what it means to prepare the way for Christ's return. The Lord loves those kind of meaty questions. He really does. We still need milk. I've been on the road now as a believer a long, long time. 40 years come July the 8th, next month.
but I still need milk in my spiritual diet, especially in the morning when I'm a little bit tired. Give it to me nice and light, Lord. A few proverbs I can at least nod to, and a little bit of gospel. But there's a time for you and I to eat the meat of the word. I can't think of anything more meaty than moving in a grace that's all about preparing the way for Christ's return. Our journey is marked by progressive revelation. In honesty, and I've prophesied over around 120,000 people during the last 26 years. This isn't false humility, but in honesty, I don't know how good it is. And I don't know how bad it is. And it's designed to be that way. It comes out of our spirits. But it's more your responsibility than my responsibility. Because I can't function as a prophet unless you give me permission to function as a prophet. Unless my peers in my American home church, Living Waters, can will grant me permission to be a prophet, I could end up doing the dishes in the kitchen of living waters. And that's not a bad thing either, as long as I'm near the coffee pot. <laughs> so as prophetic people, gauge the progress of the revelation you're hearing and giving to others. I had the privilege of praying over the in-house uh, prophetic team this morning, and I encourage you guys, I'm looking at some of you now, I encourage you guys to listen to what the other is bringing to an individual when they're being ministered to, and encourage you going deeper. There's a new language coming through, greater impact. If I've learned anything over the 26 years of being a frontline prophet, the enemy hates the prophetic. I don't blame him because it was Old Testament prophets that foretold the arrival of the Messiah. And it's a progressively prophetic generation that will be prophesying some the return of the Messiah. So we need encouragement. We really need encouragement. Always in a time like this, we need context. Really, we need Context all of the time. And I would underscore in my Bible if I were you, Acts 3, 20 and 21. For it gives us, in a sense, ordination and induction to go more deeply into the prophetic things of God. Acts 3, 20 and 21 speaks of Jesus the Christ, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things. I get born again in 1983. I was biblically illiterate and really didn't know anything about anything. All I knew was the price of booze, the best bars and nightclubs to go to. But little did I know when I got born again, I was born again into those Bible verses, that God is in the process of restoring all things, restoring all truths, 
restoring the church to her former beauty that we read about in the book of Acts and then going way beyond that. God's not on a nostalgia kick. He's on a process. He's restoring all things to advance the kingdom of heaven. The work the Lord does in our lives will reflect the impact of righteousness and holiness. The Lord's purpose and plan is to addict you and I to righteousness and holiness. Holiness is a scary word. Oh me, oh my. Black looks and black Bible books. Everyone a King James Version. But holiness is something that's so healing and liberating. Something we get addicted to. Righteousness is the very same. But how about in the creation of this new wineskin? We're going to be involved in God's processes of restoring that which remains. There are several significant prophetic scriptures that have to be fulfilled. How about you and I finding ourselves in the future, being part of a company of prophets and prophetic people, fulfilling prophetic scriptures spoken thousands of years ago? Whoever said the Christian life is boring does not know what they're talking about. Goodness, this is good stuff. This is meaty stuff. As we grow prophetically, we have the assurance that we are not trying to figure this out on our own. For Psalm 139 verse 5, in the New Living Translation, Psalm 139 verse 5, you go before me and follow me you place your hand of blessings on my head. Do you feel the Father laying his hand of blessing on your head right now? He's going before us. He's going before us. Ongoing revelation, all ongoing disclosure. Jesus speaks in John 16, verse 13. Of the Holy Spirit, he will disclose to you what is to come. It's a foundation for a radical prayer life. Not something you fire up as a narrow prayer and run out the door in the morning, but to marinate in the, both those scriptures for years. You've got years ahead of you anyway. Why not marinate in those scriptures? And watch them begin to manifest prophetically in your life. The Lord holds the future. And the Lord goes ahead of you and I. That we may fulfill the future. I'm going to wrap up this message. Kind of soon. And I have an acrostic to share with you. This is the apex of the message. This is a point I pray you never forget. For in an old wineskin, we heard the word of God in a certain way. I can remember how the Lord spoke to me as a young believer. 
I wish I still had that capacity, but it was part of creating something in me to find its place, to find my place in a generational wineskin. From 2006 and seven, the Lord has begun to change rather radically how he speaks to me because he switched off the old frequency. But the new frequency has been switched on and we've been picking it up, wrestling with it, finding a language. The acrostic is simple. A-P-I-C. Epic. God wants to do an epic work in you and I that he can bring the final chapter of his grand narrative to the earth, which will be a block-busting epic. The Lord knows how to put a show together. As we work through the letters, epic. Ask the Holy Spirit within you to explain at a level that's personal, how you will begin to hear the Word of God. It's one thing reading the Word of God with our minds. Do that. I would rather have my mind crammed full of the Word of God than my mind crammed full of Hollywood. But we hear the Word of God in our spirits and be liberated. We can't make it happen. That's to liberate us from any self-effort, any human activity. Our natural self cannot please God, but he thinks he can. He thinks if I do this, if I do that, try harder, reach out to someone in the workplace and witness, this will please God. I don't think the Lord is unhappy with that, but what pleases God is faith. Without faith, we cannot please God. But in moving in faith, God is pleasing himself in us and through us. Because the true faith of Christ Jesus is something he birthed in you and I to begin with. And whilst we might think human effort was involved in the last analysis, it wasn't. So as we look closely in the next few minutes at this acrostic epic, say after me, epic. <laughs> We're going to understand how we can relate to the Holy Spirit differently. I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, there's a new frequency out there. The old frequency that came forth from the charismatic movement has been switched off. Lots of historical charismatics are beginning to pick up the new frequency, even taking the message they carried and filtering it through the grid of the new frequency. So let's look at new ways of learning and hearing the word of God. This is slow. It's reflective. It's not a quick fix. It's not like being a kid and cramming our mouths as full as much candy as they will take, jaws bulging. Christmas morning scenarios when we were children. 
But the first part, E, E, is for experience. To experience the Word of God. A number of years ago at one of our prophetic conferences in Living Waters, the Lord spoke to me as I was teaching over the weekend and said, tell my people they will, in the fullness of time will experience Scripture. I never thought of Scripture in such a manner. I thought about experiences of God, experiences of the anointing, experiences of the power of God. As we take that on board and reflect upon it, as we look at a scripture or a scriptural theme and journey through the word of God, a prayer as the sons and daughters should be help me to experience that Lord. Help me to experience it. Take all the time in the world. Don't go home tonight and write down a hundred scriptures you want to experience before tomorrow morning. Choose the one that you feel the most drawn to. Here's a big hint. The Holy Spirit leads us into the scriptures that the Father wants us to experience. P, P, participation. It's an extension of what we ministered last night and participation in the body of Christ. Participating in the Word of God and learning in the process, understanding the very nature of living water's existence gives you an opportunity to participate in the Word of God. For it was the Word of God that birthed this church and released this church. But participating in the Word of God means understanding your holy calling. If you're not doing anything for the Lord right now, and you're praying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Give me a ministry as big as Benny Hinn's just to get me started. You'll wait a long time for the Lord to really move towards you. I would encourage you to participate in the ministry of helps. It's scriptural. You're participating in the word. And if you've been doing nothing for years and waiting for God to turn up, when you start to do things in the ministry of helps, the Lord will begin to turn up. Because he's a helper. Psalm 121 profiles the fact the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, is our helper. Father, will you help me today? I'm having a bad day. Father, will you help me today? As I go and vacuum the carpets and living waters, as I rearrange the chairs, as I make nice coffee for Alan after the service. <laughs> I'm really not trying to make myself look like a humble guy and super spiritual. I'm really not. But I'm still quite involved in the ministry of helps in my home church. And I love it. I really love it. So is my senior pastor, our family and community pastor. We all love mucking in and getting the sanctuary ready for Sundays, making coffee for one another, going out to get each other food, mailing letters for one another. In fact, I'm just beginning to get this standing here. I've pranced around lots of platforms over 26 years. I've been like a tennis ball bouncing all over the map of the world. I've been in green rooms, 
You've never arrived in ministry till you've been in a green room. And you're sitting there and somebody's talking about Indonesia. Oh yeah, I've been there too. Trying to pretend you belong. But in a nutshell, in a nutshell, and this is fresh off the press, I can't think of anything that's brought me more happiness over the years than the Ministry of Helps. I run old people home from church. It's such a buzz. It's such a buzz. So, participating in the Word of God will begin by helping somebody. Participating in the Word of God. Meditating yourself into one of the gospel illustrations. The masses following Jesus. Imagine yourself part of the group. Imagine Jesus beginning to teach the Beatitudes. And you're there. You're there. And saying to the person to your right, this is better than a Joyce Meyer conference. It's kind of like we have an imagination. And the Lord wants us to participate in the Word of God through the power of our imagination. It means our imagination will be full of God thoughts, full of biblical illustrations. I, image, image. We are pictorial people. That's why we like movies. We have our favorite movies. If you're anything like me, you know a movie has impacted you, if you keep thinking about it days and weeks afterwards. I saw a movie in January with my wife Margot about Steven Spielberg's childhood and teenage years called The Fobelmans, something like that anyway. Fablemans. Any advance on Fablemans? That's my Scottish accent distorting the word. I learned a lot from that film. It was very moving at times. I loved the characterization in the movie. And my heart broke over some events in that movie. But I can't wait to see it on television. I've already pre-ordered it. Is that not sad? And one day I wake up in Glasgow and I'll have a download of that movie from our, from our satellite provider. I'll be a happy bunny. Very happy man indeed. Now, why do I remember that movie? It's because of the images, the images in that movie. Was it a sharp dialogue? Mm -mm, not really. I'm sure it was very sharp dialogue. But I have images of Steven Spielberg's incredible mama bear. She had flaws in her personality, but she carried such charisma and a set of skills that would have placed her comfortably in the performing arts. And his dad was first-generation computer genius. He wasn't the most charismatic individual, but he was a good man. And he allowed certain things to happen to his own heart, but it seemed to be the right thing to do. It seemed to be appropriate for his wife. Images, images. Images in the Word of God. Salvation scriptures that we can apply to our own conversion. Like the Apostle Paul, in his conversion, the Lord had to hit me with the power of God. I had to fall off the horse of my old life. 
And instead of making me blind, the Lord opened my eyes and I saw what I was. In the morning of 8th of July, 1983, mid-morning in a Renault dealership in Glasgow, Scotland, reeking of alcohol, hadn't washed, shaved, or had my hair cut in weeks, I saw what I was, a hopeless alcoholic. Forgive my language, a bum, a bum who'd fallen to a level that I could hardly believe. But the image of that moment also encapsulates the word of the Lord who spoke to me, delivered me, and within seconds, the bum died and a new creation was born. I have my story to tell, so do you. Foster images in your mind from salvation scriptures. Foster images in your mind of when the Lord called you to specific works of service. Foster images in your mind of the love you have for your closest Christian brothers and sisters. I've fallen in love with a number of people in the body of Christ over 30-something years. And I can get boring very quickly telling you about them. It's like, wow, this is the love of the kingdom. It's songs of the kingdom, love songs of the kingdom. The apostle Paul wrote in Romans 16 about all the people he clearly loved and had personal relationships with. To get a Scottish Christian to say they love you is not easy. Trust me, most Scottish people have had the emotional bypass operation. We were taught growing up never to express your emotions. And I'm kind of quite American in lots of ways. So I'll hug some uh, American, some Scottish brothers that I know really well, say, I love you, brother. And they'll go, they'll seize up and go, uh, uh, I love you too. I love you too. In original Hebrew and Greek, on a good day, you might get someone prepared to go as far as, I love you lots, I love you lots, thinking this is radical living. You might notice I enjoy laughing. I've been making people laugh since I was four years of age. When I started talking, I made my mother laugh, and she never stopped laughing at, with me until she passed away in 1992. I made a lot of people cry over the years too, but we'll not go there. We will not go there. Don't want to harm the image thing that you're fostering in your mind. But in this moment of laughter, who do you love more than life itself in the body of Christ? I'm not asking you to tell me. It's between you and God. Think of those powwow moments when the Lord realigned you, healed you, touched your life. Cherish, the Lord's touched your life many, many times over and the best is yet to be. Keep on the saddle. Clippity, cloppity, clippity, cloppity. Perhaps we need to feed ourselves some more supporting scriptures. That images are brilliant images and an absolute technicolor.
C, C, connection. When we enter into hearing the word of God, we have connection, incredible connection. In dry days, it can be something very little, a worship song we know very well that just suddenly connects us to God. It's good to be connected to the Lord one-on-one, but I think it's better to be connected to the Lord through an encounter with another believer. Mother Teresa always said, I don't particularly enjoy working with the poor. Mother Teresa had an image of a servant of God really serving Jesus in the the gutters and amongst the impoverished of Calcutta. Our interviews will tell you that, no, they're not people that weep over at all. But she said, when I look into the eyes of the poor, I see Jesus. And when I see Jesus, I want to be connected to him. I'm not saying Mother Teresa was indifferent to the needs of the poor, but it was about connection. Connection. The word of God in her heart. The living word of God in her heart was connecting Mother Teresa to the living word of God in people that had absolutely no hope in this life. Connection. Connection with the word of God. Connection with the Holy Spirit means he will show us things to come. He will lead us into all truth. A really good understanding of the Holy Spirit puts us in pole position to connect with him because he loves to empower you and I in terms of our status with God. We can ask him solutions for life's problems. He's good at that too, but he loves bragging on our status in God, our status in Christ Jesus. Perhaps that's the primary purpose of connecting and hearing the word of God and experiencing that sense of connection that we know our status in Christ Jesus. It's not about being a dirty sinner saved by grace. I was certainly a very dirty sinner. I'm grateful I was saved by grace. It's about living in Christ Jesus now. Or putting it even better, Christ Jesus living his life in us. The Holy Spirit loves to give us pointers. He loves to give us revelation. If you think something the Holy Spirit has connected to you sounds too good to be true, it's probably God. Everything he says is too good to be true. Religion says you have to do all these things to be even in with a chance of going to heaven. The Lord says, have a gift on me. Now you're heaven bound. The Lord is an incredible giver. Giver, giver, giver. And all we are is receive, receive, receive. As we wrap up this message and ponder tonight, the theme of progressing prophetically, understanding we're entering into an Elijah generation and we're part of a voice and an impartation that will prepare the way 
for the Lord's return. Doesn't that establish a stream of consciousness that we can live in before the throne of grace, looking at the Father, looking at the right hand of the Father to the Son who's interceding for you and I tonight that we might walk in this. Isn't it an amazing thought that the Son is interceding tonight as we gather in Living Waters Church, Elk River, and asking the Holy Spirit to make sure we get this? We grow into all truth. We grow into all things. And as we move into a prophetic season right now, I want you to tuck away at the back of your mind that concept of being a prophetic company of people with a specific charge to prepare the way for the return of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the living God. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.